glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. The great fear of preachers everywhere is that you'll put people to sleep with your sermons, and that's doubly compounded on a night where we celebrate Mass starting at 11. So bear with me. This will be quick. Almost every Sunday at Holy Communion and on important feast days in the church calendar, the church joins her voice together and sings the Gloria at the end of every Holy Communion service or at its more traditional place, which is earlier in the service after Lord have mercy upon us. We will sing it tonight for the first time in this new church year since the first Sunday in Advent. It's great that we sing it. I love it. It's one of my favorite hymns. But one of the problems with singing it so often is that we risk forgetting from whence it originates. The song the angels sing on Christmas when announcing the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the angels. It was undoubtedly a song that was relayed to Mary, which she pondered in her heart throughout Jesus' life, until the meaning of that song became abundantly clear. And now, this is one of the great anthems of the church. But what does it mean? Glory to God in the highest. The angels begin. Put yourself in the place of an angel if you can. For some of us, that's harder to do than others. The angels were there when God created this beautiful world. You saw him make everything culminating in humanity, a race that you love because it bears the image of God. But then you saw the horror of sin, the defacing of that image, the rebellion that came along with it. And in the wake of this falling out, you watched and even participated as God promised a coming redemption through the law and through the prophets of the Old Testament. And now, on this night, the child of promise is born. The plan is being actualized. The whole choir cannot help but break out into praises to God because born this night in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. The sign of God's great love for us. How can God not be praised? We can think of the great heavenly worship that's depicted in John's apocalypse as the elders and the the, the 144,000 are gathered around the throne singing, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And the beautiful thing is that as time marches on, this choir singing and praising God gets bigger and bigger as more and more faithful souls and beautiful voices are added to it. Peace on earth. After rendering glory to God, the angels now make a declaration, peace on earth, because with the arrival of the Christ child, the great rupture between God and humanity is healed. Sin and rebellion didn't damage or harm God in any way, but it left us, his creation, reeling in instability and restlessness. The fall turned us inward against ourselves. It locked us into a struggle and violence with each other. And we see this struggle throughout the Holy Scriptures. Adam and Eve turn against each other. It wasn't me, it was her fault. Or it wasn't me, it was the serpent's fault. We see just a few chapters later, Cain murder his brother Abel. A few chapters later, we see the tension between Isaac and Ishmael that gets exacerbated. 
We saw it in the early church as the Jew, Jewish Christians struggled with the question of how do we include Gentile Christians in our communities. These cycles perpetuate into our own day. You don't have to read the news for long before you see the same cycles of otherization and marginalization and violence. But these cycles can be broken. Peace on earth, the angels say. How? How do we break those cycles? The answer comes in the final stanza of the heavenly hymn, goodwill toward men. In the incarnation, Jesus goes far beyond just repairing what's broken inside of us. In him, we're not merely pardoned from guilt. We are in Christ. And as a result, we receive manifold blessings because we are in Christ. We're able to go to him and ask him, our brother, for anything that we want or need. If any of you lack wisdom, St. James says, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. We have been made partakers of the divine nature. What more could we ever need? Too often, many of us go about our daily lives and we don't give God the honor and glory that he's owed. And that's why we need to keep this great anthem before us. It's why we need to sing it every single Sunday that we celebrate Holy Communion and every important feast day in the church calendar. But it's also why we need to keep that baby in the manger always before our mind's eye, remembering that he isn't an angel. He isn't a really great human. This is God from God, light of light, very God of very God. And so we need to heed his call that we pick up our crosses and follow him because one day we have to answer for the time that we spent on this earth. And so we should spend that time wisely in perpetual doxology, singing along with the angels. Glory to God in the highest. We cannot forget his greatness, his power, his majesty, or the mighty works that wrought our salvation. Peace on earth. We can think of the great prayer of St. Francis of Assisi that recognizes that we're called to be instruments of God's peace in the world. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And finally, goodwill towards men. We don't fight evil with evil, but we bless those who persecute us following the example of our Lord. And so to close, I want to end with just a quote from John Keeble, who was a wonderful Anglican divine in the 1800s. He says, you children of men had rebelled against your God. He had turned to be your enemy and had fought against you. But from this day forward, he is your friend again. How should it be otherwise since his dear son has become one of you? God is now made man. How then can he choose but love man. 
How can you doubt henceforth that you may be at peace with him since he has taken your nature to be part of himself to sanctify it here by doing and suffering all his adorable will and then to carry it up with him to the highest heaven and set it at his father's right hand far above all of us angels and every name that of created things. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.